0: hope kai never dies today we're covering season 3 episode 7 Obstáculos. what does that mean Laka?
1: what does that mean obstacles oh <laughs> i like teasing
0: you <laughs> uh spanish majors here um netflix synopsis daniel spends some father-daughter time with the traumatized sam johnny plans to form a new karate dojo but struggled to come up with a cool name
1: i had kind of hoped that that would be the entire plot of Johnny's episode. You can tell they're
0: just really phoning it in with these, <laughs> these descriptions. Yeah, okay, well, I guess that's what happens.
1: Unfortunately, other stuff does happen, aside mm-hmm. from him trying to come up with a name, which I was just like, come on, just have it just be Johnny spitballing ideas. I could have listened to that all day.
0: Do we want to take the new dojo stuff, or do we want to take...
1: Let's start with the Sam and, oh, God, and God, Daniel find- stuff. Oh, Let's get it man. out of the way. Let's get out of the way, ripping a Band-Aid.
0: Jesus. So, I mean... Loth and I had watched this episode once before and we had to rewatch it because, again, our memories just don't go back that far. And this is not a particularly invigorating plot line. Um, Like, we've talked a little bit about how uh, maybe Season 3 is trying to do something more interesting with Sam. Sam's character, Dart Sam. But I feel like this is not... This isn't the way. I mean, they're a little cartoony with the other characters. Like, they make them go to the dark side... And they're doing something a bit more realistic, maybe with this character, but it's boring,
1: right? And like, I remember reading a review of this episode where you know somebody's like, "Get over it, Sam." I mean, I know it's like realistic. Oh, was it that- the
0: vulture recap? Yeah, it was the I vulture love that recap. Guy. Yeah, because I- he's in love with Johnny,
1: <laughs> like we are. Yes. Yeah, but I do, I do like that. Like that review is like, "Come on, like we know this is realistic, but like we're living in this weird, heightened universe where like all this crazy karate drama can happen, and an entire school can have a karate riot." So like get over it, Sam. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the vibe. And the thing is, it's like, I think that it's realistic that Sam would have PTSD, but it's just not the most interesting direction for her character. If it had been done with another character, maybe it would have worked better. I don't know. Hawk with PTSD could have at least been like sort of a a change for him. But with Sam, it's like her character is sort of defined by the fact that she's pretty passive. And so having her like deal with PTSD is basically like again, i not this is not an insult to people with PTSD, but it's just like for her, it's like she already had a problem being too passive as a character. This isn't yeah. helpful for her art. I you mean, know? what did
0: you think of that intro dream sequence where oh, she's being attacked by Tori? My gosh.
1: Okay, first of all, Tori looks great, right? She
0: does. <laughs> I want all of her clothes. That
1: lipstick, the the I, was, I felt like, braids. yeah, I was like I, I want to style out. myself after Tori. 18 We're year old bully extraordinaire. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And their fight Looks great, actually. Like, cause like watching it the second time around, it's like I kind of figured it was a dream even the first time I watched it. But the second time, I just really appreciated it for like, you know what? I like watching those two fight. Like, I liked watching them fight in the second season finale. I kind of wish that the show was mostly them fighting. They're actually more compelling to watch. It's more compelling to watch them fight than it's compel- than it is to watch like any other two characters. Yeah, fight.
0: again, I kind of <laughs> it, it kind of bums me out that even Dream Tori like brings up Robbie and. Um, Miguel, and again, I just wish these two women would fight it out over literally anything else. Even if Tori was just doing Crease's bidding, and it it's like it's a very Crease move to just show up at someone's place and just start mm-hmm. putting out their cigars in your mountains eyes and starting fights. Um, but yeah, Dream Tori is terrifying. She waterboarded Sam in that coy yeah. bond,
1: and it's it's actually like a pretty good nice. sequence. I think from the get go though, it's kind of obvious that it's a dream that like Tori wouldn't. I mean, not that she wouldn't, but just it's like, eh, there's things that would happen on this show, and there's things that wouldn't, and her being waterboarded in her backyard is not really one of them. Something
0: that is realistic is Daniel having the hubris to try to stage a intervention to get somebody back into karate.
1: <sighs> yeah, so Sam- An
0: intervention no one asked for!
1: I know, Sam wakes up, she's clearly, like, sort of haunted by this dream, and her parents are there to, like, well, Daniel's there to pour her a cup of tea, uh, the tea he got from but Okinawa. <sighs> And just, oh. Can and
0: we talk about how disappointing Amanda is in this? Yeah. Because it's like that whole arc where she goes up against Crease and loses. It's like.
1: I think it took something out of the old girl.
0: Yeah, it's like it took out her fire, and now she's just like, I guess we have, we're have we stuck with Daniel's dumbass idea. Yeah, which
1: is that, like, obviously, Sam, you should get back into karate. I'm going to reopen Miyagi-Do, because the only way to deal with, like, the true psychopaths that are in Cobra Kai is to, like, make sure everybody knows that everybody has their karate game together. My
0: heart broke, when Amanda just very tiredly is like, look, why don't you take the day off school and just take Sam out, and I'll just watch the dealership, you know? it's not It's not like... I have any interests or dreams anymore.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I think so that terrible. if you wanted to rewrite the season as the tragedy of Amanda, you could. Yeah. Like, Copra Kai and Daniel, all of them together, have broken her. Like, she's just like, okay. She is not
0: the woman she was in season one. Yeah, it's like,
1: sure, we have to take this karate thing seriously. And yeah, no, Daniel doesn't need to help out with our business. Whatever. So, <laughs> Sam, uh, So Sam is like... At least, I mean, for once I had a glimmer of respect for Sam when she's like, no, I don't want to do karate. Yeah, I
0: really like that aspect of it. Like, remember we talked about what we'd like to see in season three and it was seeing genuine um, tension and trouble in that whole father-daughter relationship. I think that's very realistic. It's like she is just fucking done with karate. Mm -hmm. And the thing is... Look, I get you live in a strange town, but you don't have to do karate, you know? If, like, these bullies are part of this, like, evil karate gang, you can just do anything else. I mean,
1: I said this multiple times while we were watching the episode, and I'm going to say it again, but I think a better plot for Sans to this PTSD thing would be well. You could still do that, but Sam should actually just get really into guns. She should be like, you know what? Would ha- you know what would help me like stand up to Tori if I had a gun and all she had was a fucking karate kick? Um, and then like Sam could be like a weird NRA nut. I, I would be behind this the plot. Ends. Is anybody listening to me? Yes, oh, do this. God,
0: you know we've alluded to the darkness, the school shooter. Like, I thought we thought like Hawk seems on that path. He wasn't so obsessed with karate. Um, but maybe Sam, yeah, she she takes out Tori, and then maybe she takes out Anthony, and then she's just <laughs> like, look, what's two? And then she ends up in juvie. with mm-hmm. Robbie, that's
1: right. Look, there's there's a rich gold mine of yeah. character development with Sam becoming a gun nut, and I suggest that somebody explore it. But you know, I, I'm, unfortunately, <laughs> the show is what it is. We're, we're yeah, not going to get that.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, when they're in the, she's in the fishing boat with Daniel. she doesn't Because he just takes pull out her fishing.
1: That's their father daughter yeah. bonding.
0: It's like it's like you take something super boring like fishing and you pair it with Daniel. Yeah, fishing with Daniel. Oh, and you know, and was, some... this isn't so bad, is it? I was like, boy, you have lost the plot, right?
1: And of course, there's some reminiscing about Miyagi fishing, and then Sam opens up about her PTSD. There are tears. It's like I said, it's just not compelling. I mean, I feel bad saying that because it's not unrealistic that she would she I was would react just this way.
0: Angry at Daniel because. To me, it's like she is so clearly traumatized from this thing. And you can't even give her, like, let her come to karate on her own. He's just so terrified. He's just, like, upselling her. He's Mm -hmm. a car salesman for karate.
1: Right? And, like, the last thing that he does... Oh, God, this made me so angry... Um, after they've gone fishing, he takes her to uh, the gymnasium where the, the, the All-Valley tournament takes place. And Sam's like, uh-huh, okay, great. This is the site of where you defeated Johnny Lawrence. What, why am I here? And Daniel's like, no, no. I mean, it's also the site of when I almost lost to fear, and he he flashes back to his fight with Mike Barnes in Karate Kid 3, and he's like, you see, I too was once paralyzed by fear, but then Miyagi made a quick speech, and then I got up, and I finished the fight, and I won, and what is, what is this story?
0: I love that flashback, because I was like, oh yeah, remember Mike Barnes, bad boy of karate, the guy who could actually do karate, I was like. Yeah, he was actually really good. How mm-hmm. um, did he lose that fight? Right. And I, I honestly wish they had like flash back to like behind the scenes. Miyagi's like paying off somebody, to, like let Daniel win. We, where's so the untold questions? story yeah. here? Yeah, it's just so it, it's
1: essentially a story of how Daniel like kind of felt afraid for a second, but then he got over it, which is and then won, which is like how is this helpful for someone who's like going through PTSD. Yeah,
0: you don't need to do karate.
1: And also like he didn't have PTSD. Do you know what I mean? Like he felt afraid okay, for actually, a moment and then he so like got back thing. in the fight.
0: Like what? I was on Twitter one day. I try not to read any spoilers and stuff. But somebody posited on Twitter that maybe uh Daniel does have PTSD from his encounters with Terry Silver and Mike Barnes and that whole thing and it, it was sense, like, if you've been dangled over a cliff by somebody... how <laughs> yeah, that
1: happened. I mean, he's um. sort of...
0: He doesn't seem too traumatized by Johnny, like... But, in general, karate has played this huge role in his life, like, good and bad.
1: I mean, I could see... I could see him, like carrying some baggage about it, but he doesn't freeze up in a fight, you know? So it's like, it really he hasn't... He doesn't
0: fight, though. Yeah, like, really.
1: he, he fights in, like, every season, like, a couple of times, you know, like, in the first episode of the season and stuff. <laughs> and it's like, he's fine. He's just glumphing on through life. And, like, he's, like, telling his daughter, who's like, I literally, like, seize up and have a panic attack whenever, like, you know, a fight breaks out. He's like, "Oh well, you should just not lose to fear." Is yeah, what you well, should what do. I'm you should is... stop having panic attacks. That exactly. would help with the panic attacks. But here's
0: the thing: I don't think I think Daniel maybe still has PTSD, but he's not triggered until he sees like Terry Silver, Mike Barnes around. Like, oh, so this has, is this it's is been thirty years, and he's you know he's so able to fight. But
1: so this is like a. You know, like Schrodinger's cat, it's like Daniel's PTSD. It's like, we don't know if it exists or not until, yeah. like, Terry Silver comes back when all exactly. your dreams come true. Yeah. Oh, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We need to make this happen. Um, but all yeah. All
0: roads lead to silver. Oh, silver so roads. <laughs> um, Are we yeah. done with this plot? Uh, I'm so done with it. But I mean, it. I, we never get the thing, you know? Like, we wish the writers would push it just a step further, like... Every time we see like a hint of trouble in Daniel and Amanda's marriage, Amanda gets over it and mm-hmm. it's back to the status quo. And it's the same thing with Daniel and Sam. Like she's mad at him for very legitimate reasons, and then she's just like, eh, okay, yeah. fine. And then next thing they're like bonding with the bow staff and fighting, and it's just like,
1: right? I don't understand I over this because they don't necessarily do this like, you know, like with Johnny and Robbie. Like I, I mentioned like a couple episodes ago, what I like is that like there's like. It's clear that Johnny is mad at Robbie for what happened to Miguel, but he's not really expressing it. And, like, Miguel still, like, harbors a lot of anger, and they don't need to, like, tie that up neatly. I don't know why they need to tie up the La neatly all the time. Like, it's okay. Yeah,
0: I know. It's like, they don't... They let things go on for a season or two. Like, for example, we're almost... We're nearing the end of, you know, the season, and, like, Hawk and Dimitri are still at odds. Right. You know, like, Johnny and Crease are still at odds. Like... There's more story there to tell. And the Larissers are just, like, this is inert.
1: what Yeah, this is what makes them not compelling. Because it's like they refuse to just allow there to be some conflict. That maybe, like, Sam's always a bit bitter and angry at her dad. You know, maybe... Why
0: are they going to have Daniel face any consequences? It kills me inside. Right?
1: They just... It's like they don't... I mean, I understand, like, Ralph, uh, Ralph Macchio seems like a really good guy. But it's like, you gotta, like, have him face conflict sometimes, you yeah, know? Yeah, but I
0: mean, I'm not even sure what the point is in that... If they're trying to say both of these, both Jan- Johnny and Daniel are similar, you know, same like, but different. different sure, but same, yeah. And then you see Johnny going through all of these like character struggles and trying to become better, but like Daniel just I don't he just know.
1: he just rolls on through your life. Like no part of me thinks he actually has PTSD because it's just like everything just rolls Do you think off he's his changed back
0: at all since season one, like
1: for mm, the better. Not really, like he. No, not
0: He's still doing so much. fucking Dojo Lee shenanigans.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's still, he's kind of the same character, which is...
0: In fact, he's infecting Amanda with his bullshit. Right, that's
1: the true <laughs> yeah, the sadness of it. Yeah, he's
0: everyone down with him.
1: Yeah. And, like, so that kind of drives me a bit crazy. And, like, the fact, I, I mentioned this too, but, like, you know, that Crease, the fact that he's such an over-the-top, comically crazy villain means that daniel is right when he's like we they must be stopped which just makes me angry it's like he's always he's always gonna be right you know and he's always gonna have the like the moral high ground and he's never and in that case like he can't change which it's okay if they that's what they want to do but then like you got to take the focus off of him it's not interesting yeah
0: maybe i mean i'm just wondering if the writers were thinking like they wanted it to be a balanced story, but maybe after season one, everyone was all in on Johnny and realized Daniel was a complete turd. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure there are Miyagi-Do fans out there. Who are they? Who are you people? But why? <laughs> How can you watch that fishing fishing scene and not just feel complete contempt?
1: Right. I uh,
0: Write to us. If you're a Miyagi-Do fan...
1: We want to know why. We want to hear can it. What did you
0: learn from Daniel in this scene? I mean, to be fair... I would have waterboarded Daniel on that <laughs> podcast. That got dark Fuck you telling me to go into karate when I almost died Right, I don't
1: want to see where you won your tournament for the second time How is that helpful to my situation in
0: life? I mean, the, the thing season ends with Sam, like, burning that gymnasium
1: down. Right, she's like, I'm tired of yeah. being taken here every time I have a, a life problem I mean, the thing is, Miyagi, because we got to flash back to Miyagi giving a speech to Daniel I think he just had better delivery Like, yeah. I don't know if what he was saying was better Or if it's just, like, he could sell it better And, like, it just
0: Yeah, Daniel's a car salesman. You know, yeah, he's not the product. He's just selling the product. Mm-hmm. Miyagi's the product. Miyagi's the
1: product. Whoa. Hashtag Whoa. Miyagi's the product.
0: Great. <laughs> oh man. Um So on to some more interesting plots. Yeah, better plots. Okay, so now we get to let's go to Miguel and Johnny. Uh-huh. Um
1: So we get a montage.
0: Yes, I like I like training montages, but um They've generally in season three been not as fun. Like, I wish there'd be like a legit, the music going, but this was, this was cute. He's set up. It's a rehab montage. yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like, he's, he's doing an obstacle course in a wheelchair and then on crutches. And you know what? One of the, it, it kind of, like, made me think of season one where there was a great pleasure in these montages that are essentially just Miguel getting hurt and, like, Johnny throwing shit at him, which I don't yeah. know why I find that satisfying as a person, it's but a I do. very
0: true to life, that medicine ball thing. I have personally been the victim of many a medicine ball. Really? They're so heavy. You're never <laughs> prepared for <outplay>. how <laughs> yeah. build up your arm strength. That's the real lesson here. <laughs>
1: And, you know, if you ever decide to be a sensei on your own time, I think that there's a great joy to be had, just like throwing a medicine I think actually, ball at someone. Like,
0: if you have no abilities, really, like you could, like you're Daniel, and you can like get away with opening up a dojo because technically you just have to like work them to death with like random circuit circuit training. Right, they're gonna
1: get stronger or die. Yeah, right?
0: you don't have to do anything.
1: <laughs> so that's yeah, that's nice. And then um, like we have a scene where like again we have a scene where like now Miguel is the sensei and is. Schooling Johnny on like you got you need a new name for your dojo because yes. they're going to open a dojo essentially together. It kind of reminds me of like Karate Kid Three when like Miyagi and Daniel are opening the bonsai store yeah, but together. This is so much more. Everyone about, needs a teenage business partner.
0: They have the same vision, whereas I feel like Miyagi and Daniel didn't really have the same vision. You don't think so? I think at some point Daniel they're trying to say the fact that he became a car salesman is like he's good at selling things, you know, <laughs> whatever. And Miyagi is like. I'm not a materialistic. It's about the whatever. It's about the
1: little trees, man. Yeah, uh, I know. But yeah, I guess I see Miyagi. Or sorry, not Miyagi. Uh, Miguel and Johnny—they're aligned. They want a cool, badass dojo that's not like psychopathic, like Cobra Kai. But the problem is, Cobra Kai is the best name of all time. How do it you beat is that? It's actually
0: not a bad plot line to be like, you know what? They stole our name. They stole our brand.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. There's like a there's a trademark infringement plot. If and now they
0: got to come up, they're with bold a new to animal. do it. Slash um,
1: Johnny has the idea for why well, not just call it Cobra Kai but like with a K
0: triple K K <laughs> K. Um, oh man, yeah, so I, I I made this thing. They like they do a lot of cute Johnny things where he's he's also checking to see if Allie had messaged him. She is not. She left him on red cold. Allie, <sighs> yeah, um, but that's, you know, a, that's a player. Allie, we all know that's, that's, that's right. Kind of she knows psy- what she's ops. doing. And like, um, yeah,
1: Johnny's like, how long does it take for Facebook messages to get delivered?
0: <laughs> um, do you want to talk about how he's looking for Dojo's space? So I love this. I could just watch, like, him just going about his life, <laughs> applying to jobs in the the worst way. No one's getting jobs in this economy, first of all. But you know, you don't look on, you don't look at the classifieds. He's looking at the, the
1: newspaper, I'm, the last yeah, newspaper classified ads in existence. he's. This yes. is weird. I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but it's like we've established in the previous scene that Johnny doesn't know how Facebook works. He doesn't know how technology works, but
0: it's like Ally n- lives in Colorado. So, who knows how long that
1: is? Right. So, it's like, okay, that's that's Johnny, classic Johnny, but like this next montage, which is Johnny looking at different venues, you realize like he doesn't know how anything works because he's looking at, like, this really fancy Equinox-type gym with a juice bar and, you know, and then, like, when the owner's like, well, how do you want to, like, do this contract? He's like, let's just do a handshake deal. Don't check my credit.
0: I like that kind of subtle nod to, like, I think season one Johnny would have, like, been openly contemptuous of a juice bar, but it's like he's melding two sides of his personality where he's, like, being exposed to this kind of stuff and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, fine. I like the orange I'm juice here. I'm down with a steam room and a juice bar. Right. I can't afford it. If only, yeah,
1: if only he, uh, that, that guy didn't want to check his credit. And then, you know, you've got Johnny looking at, like, an asbestos gym, and it turns out it's, like, $3,000 a month. And, you know, this is also, like, uh, no, it's L.A. That's not, like, unrealistic, and, you know, so so Johnny's like, eh, fuck it. And then, then we have Johnny at a park, a public park, <laughs> oh and, like, you know, some, some poor dad who's just on a picnic with his family is like, yes, it's free, can I go now? And it's just like, so Johnny doesn't know how the internet works, and he also doesn't know how parks work?
0: He doesn't understand the Drink the Kool-Aid reference to Jonestown, and Miguel does. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, has Johnny been in a cult Right, like for thirty, not Jonestown, apparently another, but cult. another cult. Like, I- I'm now genuinely worried for him. Like, how he survived all these years.
1: Right, and I, I also do want to point out that, like, you know what? I I'm not even going to be like churlish about it. Like, it's fine, it's funny. I'm like, you're right. I could actually watch weird Johnny montages like this all day. But it's like, you know what? Johnny did grow up like a rich kid. Like, he would have been exposed to like some of these things like you know he'd know what a juice bar was and he would know how a park works god damn it but you know what whatever i'm not complaining i'm just saying i'm just saying stuff
0: yeah again it's like the maybe we'll get this at season six it's like what has he been doing the last 25 years you know
1: (laughs) actually question for you so johnny's not working right now yeah yeah how's he like living unemployment yeah okay all right.
0: Well, can you get unemployment if you're a business owner?
1: God, guys,
0: we really get into the weeds. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> D- just this stop us. A, this is the kind of shit that keeps me up. <laughs> 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 what are the unemployment laws? Yeah. Um. Anyway, finally, he's he's. I guess he's found a. Yeah, how's he making rent? God. Right. <laughs> okay. But I do like... It's spiraling.
1: There's a, like, the show has always been fun as a weird mix of realism and surrealism. And, like, I do like that at the end of the day, where is the new dojo? It's in the public park. Because it's free. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah, totally. I'm actually unsure of how he had the capital to get that, like, shitty strip mall space. But you know what? He's in this public park. He um he has uh, Miguel do some recruiting in school. And I guess that we should talk about high school shenanigans. Yeah. It's, yeah it's, it all ties like together. It's
0: like plot and maybe my least favorite.
1: Really? You I, liked the Daniel Sam plot? Okay. More. You're right. You're right.
0: Sorry. <laughs> That's like an F plot. Um, I had already forgotten that. <laughs> <laughs> so at the high school, we get a scene of kind of Miguel's grand re-entrance into the high school. and
1: People clap. It's cute.
0: Yeah. It's returning hero. And. I guess he's been unaware of what's been going on. That's fine. He's got bigger problems, like trying to, walk, how to again walk again, and stuff. And Hawk still thinks they're buds, and you and know. like,
1: and he did not realize that Hawk or Hawk and Cobra Kai were basically like just fucking with people in his honor or some bullshit like that. Yeah, Which I always thought seemed pretty thin, but you can especially see in this episode where it's like, this has nothing to do with Miguel and avenging Miguel. Because they're like, yeah, I broke Dimitri's arm to avenge you. And he's like, wait, what? What what does that have to do with me?
0: These are some real mixed up kids, honestly, on Mm -hmm. the the Cobra Kai side. But um, yeah, so... Kyler is back at it, back to his old antics, drawing dicks on He
1: draws a dick on Dimitri's cast, cast, and he, you know, he, like, jumps his lunch tray in the garbage. And I wanted to say, and I said this during the episode, that, like, man, Kyler, Asian bully extraordinaire, he is so good at bullying. He is such a natural. There's such joy in his face when he's fucking with someone. And then you see Hawk, like, bullying that kid, ass-faced, I don't know what his real name is, who's no longer in Cobra Kai, and you're like... Hawk wishes he could be his natural bully. Yeah, you know, I think
0: Hawk is actually scarier because he seems so insecure and those are the ones you gotta watch. They'll shank you just to prove something. But, you know, Kyler has the confidence of a natural bully. Like, he never was anything else. He wasn't like a nerd or... He was just born into pure chaos. Yeah,
1: it's like he... You're right, pure chaos. He enjoys bullying because he's just a dick. Like, yeah. there's nothing There's nothing underneath that. No, there, there. He enjoys being Although, a dick. who
0: knows? We might get a Kyler backstory, you know? Ugh. Like, a little flashback to a young Kyler.
1: I mean, there are certain things where it's like... I understand that this entire show is sort of about peeling back the layers of people you would automatically cast as a bully or a villain. But, like, man, they're doing this thing with Yasmin, um hot blonde girl bully That's um terrible. the one Did that Did you feel
0: like you needed to see Yasmin again after not, the wedgie incident? Not
1: really. I mean, that and now she's
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. I keep saying that. But it really does. I don't know what it is. It's like they cast her to be like the mean girl and very effectively and now it's like why are you here Yasmin? How dare they get rid of Aisha and bring back Yasmin?
1: I know. And like she's there and She is clearly softened a bit around the edges and that like she feels bad for Dimitri who now has a dick on his cast and uh, you know She um, writes I love your big dick love Yaz like on the cast which is I mean that's like a nice thing to do for him and like there's this moment between them where she's like I know what it's like to have everyone laugh at you like after that front wedgie thing and it's just like eh, I don't know. It's not bad. It's just not exactly what I don't know
0: Yeah, it's it's okay. It's fine because it's like in some sense the season three feels kind of overstuffed because they're bringing back a lot of the side characters and that's cool. Like in small doses, I like seeing Kyler and Armand and stuff. I was not clamoring for Yasmin. (laughs) Yeah, also we haven't seen anything of Moon. What's Moon been? Yeah, Moon
1: is like way more interesting and better than Yasmin. Like as a character, like Moon's like. Like,
0: if she, Yasmin ends up joining Cobra Kai, I'll lose my shit. Nah.
1: I mean, Yasmin will join Miyagi-Do because she's clearly getting in with Dimitri here. But, like, yeah, like, at least with Moon, it's like, Moon is not, like, you're, like, you know, when you, from the get-go, she's, like, a hot girl who hangs with the bullies. But she's, like, also this, like, weird new-agey chick and she's a sex-positive feminist. I don't know. Moon has, like, got more going on than Yasmin who's just, like, she was a bitch. But now she's softened and she sees something in Dimitri, which is like, oh, come on. Okay. okay. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically like, Miguel like sees like this this dick drawing and like, you know, he turns to Hawk and he's like, so these are your friends now. and like,
0: Hawk doesn't, I don't think Hawk has any friends because Hawk shuns ass face in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. So Hawk is entirely just embrace the incel ideology. If you're not an alpha, you know, get the fuck out. And I guess he's
1: He is surrounded by nameless Cobra Kais. Nameless
0: Betas.
1: We do not know these Cobra Kais. We've never, I mean, we've met them. They're always, like, in scenes. But, like, among them, none of them have ever had any dialogue. None of them have ever been named. It's super weird. Like, honestly, like, it's just sort of, like, baffling where it's like, you know, eh, so, at one point, Johnny, like, sneaks into the school so he can do his pitch for Cobra Kai to them. Or, for, sorry, for his new do- dojo to them. I won't reveal the name just yet. But, like, and so he approaches this group of Cobra Kais, which is Hawk and, like, a bunch of extras that we have never actually been introduced to. And it's like, man, what happened? Like, what, wh- why? Um, but, yeah, he gives, a, he gives a speech, which is like, I'm sorry I left you guys, but, you know, I... I I've, you know, felt bad in the wake of what happened to Miguel, and then Hawk's like, "You left us before that. You got soft." And Johnny like snaps back into form and says, "Stop whining about the past, like a bunch of pussies." Thank you, Johnny. Thanks. Hawk needed to hear that. I think. I know. Um, yeah. What do you think of that? Like his his pitch.
0: I love anytime Johnny gives a speech, um, but it it sort of loses its um, impact when you're again giving it to a bunch of strangers that you've never seen before. Right. Plus Hawk. Plus Hawk. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's just, um, I, I think he's really good at giving these impromptu speeches, and actually we can we can talk about the scene of the park. Yeah. So he has this kind of, he started with one nerd, so this is a step up. Yeah, he's
1: got Miguel and some of the, <laughs> you know, some of the Cobra Kai burnouts, like Assface and Bert, oh, I love Bert, Virgin, he was, used his name used to be, but like, yeah, and he's invited all, like, Hawk and the and the rest of the extras to join them, and like, yeah. So it's and then like uh but we just see him like with with you know his original nerd Miguel and some other nerds. And, uh, then he passes out the t-shirts, and he's, uh, oh god, the buildup is so good. We paused it the first time we watched the episode, yeah. do you remember, to be like, let's see if we can guess the name. We did
0: not guess it.
1: I <laughs> guessed that the name, because he's like, you know, there's only one animal badass enough to take on the cobra, and I was like, mongoose, it's obviously a mongoose.
0: You're such a Bert. I'm
1: such a bert Bert, is, bert suggests mongoose, and Johnny <laughs> says, like, no, a real the animal, animal bird. Exactly. Oh, man. Um, you want to say it? Do you want to say the name? Eagle Fang Karate. Eagle Fang Karate. You know, the more I think about it, the more, like, it's perfect. It is Johnny. It is everything that Johnny is. It is nonsensical and ridiculous, but, you know, kind of like, I don't know, it it tugs at your heartstrings. It's so stupid, you know?
0: Yeah, because, I mean, he's... (laughs) I don't even know where he was getting the money to design those t shirts, you know.
1: Oh god, and his t shirt with like these weird teeth and blood dripping on the teeth and <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's good. It's god, it's perfect. Yeah. Um and then like Hawk shows up, you know, kinda like that Scene in a movie where it's like, oh, he came after all, but no, no, it's not Hawk showing up to join this new dojo, Eagle Fang Karate, it's all of Cobra Kai showing up with Crease to, I don't know, okay. like we, we be intimidating.
0: It. Jesus, okay, what is Crease wearing oh. in this scene, Lata? Take it away. <sighs> He's
1: wearing mirrored sunglasses and <laughs> a navy blue pea coat. Um, it seems unseasonably warm. I Mention this. It looks like he's dressed like a desperate housewife. He
0: stopped by a J. Crew.
1: Yeah, I. I don't. I. Who I don't... the
0: fuck bought him a peacoat?
1: Why is he wearing a peacoat? He lives in L. A. Why would you need that?
0: It goes with the look, Lufa. Is this what
1: he did? Like after leaving the homeless shelter, by a peacoat? Like what is going on?
0: Terry Silver's looking at these invoices, like, okay, bro, bro, dropping six hundred dollars on some shades.
1: <laughs> Why? <laughs>
0: A peacoat He looks ridiculous.
1: LA? He looks so ridiculous. And then, you know, he takes off his sunglasses. Because, you know, people always take off their sunglasses when yeah. they need to make a point. And he's he's like, you know, Johnny, come home. It's your last chance. There won't be another one. Um, and it's just, it's kind of endearingly goofy. Because it's, it's taking place in a public park, for God's sakes. <laughs>
0: um, I love, uh, you talk about Johnny's kind of inspirational speech. I kind of love this entire plot line. Because when he, they started in season one... He got that leased space, and that was the whole thing. But the truest Johnny is that you can even, light keeps shitting in your mouth, and you can go even lower. Mm-hmm. So now he doesn't even have four walls Yep, roof. They
1: said we needed a roof Two and four walls. walls. Well, screw that. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah. You know, this is exactly, this is, this is like the perfect subplot. You know, <laughs> Johnny starting a new dojo called Eagle Fang in a park. There you go. Like, yeah. writers, you got this one right.
0: <laughs> um let's see so yeah i what i saw interesting is when when johnny and and crease are talking and they kind of get into it you see miguel automatically back up behind johnny and then hawk comes up behind crease it's like crease doesn't give a shit about you hawk also you i mean hawk did you hear what
1: what crease just said he said like well my students wouldn't make the mistake of showing mercy and ending up in a coma i'm like Wow. Way to, like, score points off of a 16-year-old who was in a coma and paralyzed. What the fuck? What a fucking crazy-ass thing to say. And Hawk's like, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I'm so curious now with three episodes left. Is there any chance of Hawk being resuscitated from this? Like, being pulled back from the edge because... Shit's gotten. He's yeah. got quite a rap sheet. He's broken his
1: like best he's, friend's arm at this point. He's stolen
0: a war medal. He's yeah, back in sociopath.
1: Yeah, it's like it's a bit much. I and mean, you know what? I don't know if I have a problem with it. I guess it'll, I'll have to see how this all like pans out. But if it if it turns out like Pock's like, guys, I'm really sorry about all of this. I don't know what got into me. I'll be like, no, man, you broke your friend's arm. You gotta like, <laughs> you gotta. There, there's got to be some justice for that, you know?
0: Yeah my God. Okay. Did we cover everything?
1: I think we did. This was a brisk episode.
0: It was. Um, okay. Let's do ratings.
1: Whew. Okay. I would give it... Gosh, that Daniel-Sam plot really drags it down so that it's only, for me, 2.5 fishing boat speeches.
0: Oh, man. That is that is bleak. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, I I really didn't like this episode. I'd even go so far as to say it's one of my least favorite episodes. Not even, I mean, the end kind of picked up with Eagle Fan Karate um, and the third dojo option that we've long been promised.
1: It doesn't have to be a two-dojo system, guys.
0: I'm going to give it two out of five Crew creases. (laughs) (laughs) Because that look is fly.
1: (laughs) I knew you'd think that.
0: Um anyway, tell us what you think about Creese's Ensembles. And uh, if you're also a Miyagi Do fan, write to us, okay? We you
1: Explain your thinking. Explain please?
0: yourself. Um you can follow us on Twitter at Kai underscore cast or write to us at Kai Never Cast at gmail.com.
1: And as always, strike first.
0: Strike hard. No,
1: no mercy. mercy.